0: Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of inspiring crazy chicken keepers and educating future flock owners. I'm Kendra.
1: And I'm Jeff. And today we're taking a look at transitions as part of our A Year with Chicken series.
0: We dedicate one episode per month to this series, covering what to expect when raising a chicken in that particular month. For the month of June, we're going to cover transitioning your flock to The Coop. We'll cover everything from integrating your new flock into an existing one to some of the concerns that may arise from making this adjustment. Transitioning your flock from the brooder to the coop can be a bit scary your first time, but as your chicken math begins to multiply, you'll get the hang of it in no time. And now it's time for your poultry pick of the week. Jeff, what'd you pick this week?
1: the blue splash morans is our poultry pick of the week if you are a fan of the morans breed the beautiful blue gray hues of the blue splash morans will make an exciting addition Hardy, good at foraging with production of up to 200 dark brown eggs annually this uniquely colored blue splash morans is a friendly addition to consider adding to your flock today
0: to take a moment to talk about integrating flocks at the brooding stage first. We often receive this question from customers, especially now due to the pandemic. Some of you may have placed two separate orders to receive the breeds you'd like, or if you're receiving a replacement order a few weeks from your original hatch date, or lastly, like me, placed an order for chicks but also hatched some of your own. Jeff, I can't believe I'm admitting this aloud, but this spring I had two orders from Meyer Hatchery, one layer order and one Rainbow Ranger order, and hatched two batches of chicks plus one round of turkeys all within weeks of each other.
1: Sounds like a little bit of a chicken math.
0: So currently, I have integrated my first batch of incubated chicks with my rangers. They are my oldest, new layers, so they can handle the rough and tumble of rangers during feeding time. Then, my order of layers from Meyer have now been integrated with my last incubated hatch. If you have a weak or greater difference in age, you may or may not be able to integrate them at the brooding stage. But so far this spring, I've lucked out with two successful integrations.
1: Again, all flocks are different, so your individual experience may differ. If you would like to integrate at the brooding stage, place your chicks together, then sit back and watch. The pecking order will naturally occur, so you want to make sure that they are not stepping on each other, piling up with the potential of suffocating smaller chicks, pecking each other, or that a particular chick is not being singled out. Some breeds are also naturally more aggressive, even at a young age, and try to show their dominance when challenged with new arrivals.
0: I'll integrate mine, watch for a few minutes, then go about my normal chores, returning to check on them once more. That 30 to 45 minute span will give you a good idea on whether they'll work it out or if it'll become a problem. If it's ever questionable, I'll feed them at the same time I integrate the two ages. It keeps them occupied so the new additions can explore a little bit without the originals getting bored and creating a problem. It's also important to note that it's okay to combine the same poultry types. However, you do want to keep different poultry types like chickens, ducks, turkeys in separate brooders. This reduces injury from size differences and ensures they are receiving proper nutrition as their feed needs differ. Now, when they are six weeks of age or fully feathered, it's time they get booted to the coop. If this is your first flock, this transition should be fairly smooth.
1: Once you transport them to the coop, you'll want to keep them enclosed in the coop for a few days.
0: I find three days is plenty, with food and water, of course. This helps them
1: explore and get acclimated to their new environment. Feeding them in the coop will teach them that this is their home and where their food is located. So when you decide to let them roam the run or free range, they'll return at night.
0: And like we mentioned in episode 13, coop considerations, this is another example where having light in your coop comes in handy. As dust sets in, the coop light on will encourage them to return as well. Chickens will adapt to this new routine fairly easy. For less domesticated poultry types that like to roost up high, like guineas, you may want to keep them in the coop a few additional days. To initially allow them to free range, I also let them out a few at a time. So start by letting three guineas out, then five a few days later, then eight the following week, then the whole flock by the end of the week. Since they're a wilder flock type, they want to be with each other. Knowing that their other mates are in the barn ensures they stay close by. And again, feeding in the coop will encourage them to return.
1: Once your new routine has set in, typically after a few weeks, you can move your feeders outside if you prefer to keep it out of the coop. I know some customers have concerns about feeding within the coop due to the risk of attracting rodents.
0: I feed outside in the summer, during the winter months in my partially covered run, and inside if the weather is bad. Mixing it up, I've personally never had an issue with my chickens returning. Now for those of you integrating into an existing flock, it's going to take a little more work up front. Whether you're integrating new chicks or maybe some older started pullets, it's always best to isolate them from your existing flock for about two weeks.
1: Different areas have different pathogens that exist in flocks. Your current flock is immune to your environment, but new birds may succumb to those same pathogens and become ill while this case is rare, it's better to be safe than sorry. That initial isolation allows you to closely observe your flocks and contain any issues that may arise early on.
0: I can't stress this enough, especially with chicks from different facilities or started pullets you may acquire from neighbors or someone selling online. This isolation period allows them to build their immune system. And while we always hope people have the best intentions, if you acquire a sick bird, it's easy for illness to spread. Always. Always practice safe biosecurity.
1: Once the isolation period is over, it's now time for the close but not touching phase. Depending on how many birds you're integrating, this can be done with fencing, dog crates, or cages. Essentially, you want to section off an area of your existing flock's coop or run to allow newcomers entry into this space. They can now see each other but cannot access each other.
0: If your coop is small, it's perfectly fine to do this in your run or in the yard where they free range. You can put up a small fenced off area, place your new additions in this area, and allow your existing flock to free range around them. As I've mentioned before, our coop is an old barn, so we have lots of space. In our latest renovation, we build a coop inside with access to the outside run. Then we have another coop that does not have access outside, but is only separated by chicken wire. This is where we keep specific chickens we want to breed in the spring and eventually our new members so they can become acquainted with the flock. If you're not already a part of our exclusive Facebook group, Inside the Coop, be sure to join. I plan to give our members an exclusive behind-the-scenes peek at my coop this week.
1: With your birds fairly comfortable with the newcomers, having seen them for several days, now comes the final phase, supervised mingling. If you free range, I recommend doing this outside. The pecking order will occur, and it's nice to give your birds room to get away if necessary. It is common for your existing birds to chase new ones, peck them at the feeders, and maybe even pull a few feathers. However, if any further brutality occurs, you will need to separate them and try again later. If you are using a smaller coop or keep your flock contained to a run, you may want to add the newbies to your existing flock at night when everybody is settled to the roosting spot.
0: For the most part, my integrations have been successful. There are really only two instances that come to mind where I had an issue, and I'm sharing these stories with you in hopes of helping you with your adjustment, not to scare you. Know that poultry, despite their delicate appearance, are pretty tough. I believe it was our first time integrating. We had let all of the chicks outside. One of my dominant hens did not like the chicks and chased them a bit completely normal. However, she chased them behind the run. Our run butts up to our barn and there are a few gaps in the old foundation, something that would normally go unnoticed until this happens. So they're trying to get back to the run to hide in the coop and one of them gets stuck in this hole. The smart hen went back inside the run where she could access this spot and pecked the chick repeatedly, putting a gash on its head. I found the chick, saved it, and separated it to heal. Well, it looked like a horror movie scene the chick recovered and lived a full life. My most recent issue was integrating my Moran's roo into my existing flock that already has too many roosters. I thought for sure him and my well summer rooster would duke it out. Nope. My tom turkey did not like him. He would step on him and peck his comb and chase him around the coop. He was certainly showing his dominance. While it was hard to watch and I could have separated him, instead, I just made sure to go out first thing in the morning and open the coop. Again, remember when we mentioned giving them space to get away? That's exactly what I was doing. I wanted them to find their order and get better acquainted because like it or not, they were going to live together. And about a week later, all is well. Congratulations, you've successfully transitioned your flock from the coop. Now you may be noticing some oddities about these new members and thinking, what the heck, why aren't they acting like the chickens I know and love? Well, we're here to answer those questions too. First up, why aren't they roosting with the others?
1: Believe it or not, roosting positions are part of the pecking order and can be a sign of dominance. Ever notice your rooster in the same spot every night with the same three ladies around him?
0: My tom turkey has a particular spot he likes to perch and will push others off to make room. And my head rooster is always at the very top.
1: Also, your existing flock will often return to the coop first at night, giving them first dibs on the roosting bars. This leaves your new additions to timid to find a spot along with the others for fear of being pecked over time this will change and your new additions will find their way
0: now if this is your first flock you're not integrating with older chickens It could be that roosting bars are too high, not comfortable, or there's not enough space. I have a few low roosting bars for hens away from the nesting boxes. These are for my younger chickens and bantams. Roosting bars by the nesting box are up high to discourage them for roosting in the nest. They can also be as low as a foot off the ground or as high as a foot from the ceiling. And despite the thought of having a round roosting bar... Poultry like to sit flat-footed. It promotes good health and reduces the risk of leg injuries. Make sure your roosting bars are 2 inches wide at a minimum, preferably 4 inches. Give your chickens 8 to 10 inches of roosting space per bird and keep your roost at least 18 inches from the wall.
1: Now that your flock is roosting together, you may notice your new pullets are not laying in the nesting boxes.
0: Again, the good old pecking order. Your existing flock has a schedule, and if your hens are laying, your newcomers may be too afraid to approach this area, making them revert to a corner of the coop away from everyone else. This too shall pass.
1: For your new layers, integrated into an existing flock or not, try using fake eggs. This lets your new flock know that this is where their eggs belong. It may take a few weeks, but your hens will slowly adapt.
0: And lastly, we commonly hear, my new chickens lay smaller eggs than my current hens. I bought a Rhode Island Red to go with my current Rhode Island Reds, and they're not producing. In time, my
1: friends. We've linked a great blog post below in the show notes all about pullet eggs as your new hens reach maturity, their first four weeks of production will provide slightly smaller eggs than what you're used to.
0: These pullet eggs are actually favored by many customers as they have a higher yolk to egg white ratio valued for their bold flavor and velvety texture.
1: And that concludes this week's episode as you begin making transitions from the brooder to the coop with your newest flock additions. Thanks for listening to The coup. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review.
0: See you all next week.